Welcome to the Mountain Podcast. Uh, we're here. We're happy to have you here. Thanks for listening to us, subscribing, and all that stuff. With me, as always, is my co-host, lead pastor of the Mountain Church, Samuel Goulet. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, my friend. Oh, let's get your levels up here, man. Hey, buddy. How you doing? There you are. You good? Is oh, that my better? Goodness. Yeah, we're, we're doing great. We're back. <laughs> we are back. Um, there's a lot going on right now. Yep. In the world, especially in our country here in the United States, for those mm-hmm. who uh, uh, listen to us overseas, we're seeing a lot of, um, I guess, activity, activity mm-hmm. especially uh, when it comes to race and especially in the black community um, from the death of George Floyd and even uh, from the death of Ahmad, I forget his last name. Arbery. Arbery, yes. Um a lot of things have happened, and we're seeing one of the biggest civil rights civil rights movements in the country we've ever seen before. Um, we have a very special guest with us today on the show. He is a friend of ours, uh, Mr. Jim Hunt. Hey guys, how are you today? Good to see you, man. Good to have you with us. Um, I asked Jim to be on the show. Jim is a friend of ours. We've said this. Um, He also (laughs) does worship at the mountain, but I've known Jim for a a little bit. Uh, I wrote a, a musical. I don't know how many years ago, maybe five, six years yeah, ago. It's been about that. And uh, there were some things going on, and he kind of had to be the guy to tackle the uh, musical side of it. And it was yeah. done to all gospel music. And during that time, I really got to know Jim on more of a personal level as an awesome husband, father, and, amazing. and musician. And he's a great guy. And I wanted to have him specifically on because um, he's been through almost every part of the civil rights generation that we've seen. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. And um, we've years ago, we would talk and we would go over things and you would tell me and I thought, man, it would be great to have this discussion with you. So for us, uh, for Samuel and I, we want to uh, ask questions and listen and understand and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to be here again. I think that, you know, it's been uh, long past time to actually have some real open and honest dialogue and to be able to do it at a level where, you know, we we can actually make a difference. Right. It's great to see it in government and that type of a thing. But grassroots always works as well. So I'm very excited to be here today as well. Very cool. I know it's meaningful to me to be able to have significant conversation, especially about race and model some of those conversations and model the, I think, the attitude and the the humility and the love uh, that can be had in a conversation that isn't always easy to Mm -hmm. have. And I've noted from every, um, from a lot of people, 
in pretty much every race that the conversation isn't easy and that many don't know what to say, don't know how to broach it, don't know if they're going to blow it. And um, so I've found that I've gotten great feedback to say, you know, it would be great. There's a lot of solutions pragmatically that can be have, but one great solution is literally just to show how to have really healthy, loving conversation, understanding one another uh, on the topic of race. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, and man, great to be here. And I think it really goes right to the heart. You know, if your heart is truly open for that. And I think that mm. people will also see it. So it really does go, you know, right to a heart place, right to a love place. If you're legitimately Honestly, when you look at yourself in the morning in the you know, in the mirror in the morning when you're shaving and you're having that real honest conversation, if you're doing it from a place of love, it'll be okay. I feel like you just brought us into your morning routine. <laughs> Not so much. Shaving and talking to yourself. See, did, did this just for you guys. But yes, actually I do do that pretty regularly. Yeah, that, that is the truth. Jim, statement, you are so. great. You are gonna crush it today. You're amazing. Oh goodness. So how does how does somebody have the right heart going into a conversation about race? I really think that the, the right heart comes from you. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily an outside influence that is at work, you know, that it really is something where it is just, I mean, I look at you and I know that you have a heart for people, you mm -hmm. know, both of you guys, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I've seen it in practice. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's there. Mm -hmm. um, I think that some of it, though, goes, you know, a little we have to go back a little farther and 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 look at you know, really kind of where we came from. Yeah. And if we really, as we're taking that inventory of ourselves, if we really have some things that we know that we need to, you know, do a little work on, mm -hmm. it's like when that person realizes that they maybe, you know, need to go to get some therapy, mm -hmm. they might need to go and get some help. Mm -hmm. Where do you get to that point? Well, mm -hmm. it's typically after a, a certain course of action mm -hmm. or over a period of time. And then you say, mm -hmm. hey, man, wait a minute. This isn't going like I want it to go. So mm -hmm. that that inherent thing is there, mm -hmm. you know, in you. And and that's what what really I feel is going to allow you to be able to have that 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 conversation with someone and just have that real transparent dialogue. Interesting. So it almost takes a recognition that um, that is required of the person, probably of each person in the conversation that is having the conversation to go, I want to see differently or understand differently. Is that is that a that, that's really right, right where I was, I think, you know, you have to understand because oftentimes, right, we see, you know, we, we are all kind of in engrossed in you know the the actions of the past week or month or the last couple of years with you know some of the things that have actually gone on but we don't necessarily unless you have actually lived it really have a good idea about what you know what some of the struggles even are mm. we've been really talking about it as a place of the justice system mm. but it is so much bigger than that you know from from redlining you know back in the day when it was difficult for african americans to get a loan for a house and how that kept them in neighborhoods and the lack of wealth and then how that perpetuates itself down generations mm. Right. So and even having those conversations, maybe it was not something that you ever, you know, gave any credence to, mm. you know, 
Same with the school systems, you know. So it, it is that having a, a good understanding, and I think a great way to do that is just in those conversations, asking, "How have you experienced it?" Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Right. How, yeah. how have you experienced it? Yeah. What have you actually lived? Yeah. You know, maybe you haven't. Maybe you haven't, Donovan. But you know, how have you actually lived that? Hmm. It makes it more personal. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's probably important because I think if you don't make it about a person in front of you and your heart learning and growing in that conversation and you seek to find some generalization, I think that's where stereotypes are built, racial thoughts are built, is, okay, this person in front of me has to fit a category or has to fit into some kind of paradigm I have. Mm But I hear you saying, get personal and, and ask about history and ask about their story, ask about where they came from, where their mom and dad came from, all the way down the line. It, it's huge. And, and, you know, I'll share a, a quick little story. And I was just, you know, kind of sharing with some folks uh, before we came in um, is a little boy. You know, I, I've never ridden a horse. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've never been on a horse. I was a Cub Scout. And this is going to be mid 70s. Mm-hmm. I was a Cub Scout. The Cub Scout troop met actually at a church and it was all black. Mm. So, you know, the scout leaders were saying, hey, we're going to do a little field trip with the boys. We're going to take them and we're all going to go ride horses. Mm. So for a month, you know, we're looking forward to going ride horses. So I'm from Detroit originally. So we had to take a little drive to get to a place where you (laughs) could go and ride horses, right? (laughs) So we, you know, the scout leaders and a few parents, you know, load the boys up in the car and we drive 40 minutes or whatever it was to this little ranch. We get to the ranch and, you know, little cowboy, you know, pops up with old broken down hat. And it's just about as soon as we got out of the car, he comes up and says, the owner doesn't want you to ride today. Mm. And he was like, he said, you look like someone that we had trouble with before. Oh, wow. And the scout leader was, I've never been here. Mm. I'm here with eight or 10 you know, little yeah. boys, Boy scouts. Cub Scouts, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we just wanted them to have an experience wow. of riding a horse. Wow. He was, then, then the scout leader says, well, I, I assure you, I've never been here, but if you had trouble with me, let the other men go with them. I'll mm-hmm. sit in the car. Mm. No, we just assume that none of you ride today. Jeez, mm. wow. So back in a car, 40 minutes more, mm-hmm. you know, to get mm-hmm. home, that was my first experience with ever talking about going and riding a horse. Wow. So that's one of those types of things that you take as a young person. And you bookmark it. And you bookmark it. And then you have another thing that maybe happens yeah. that stacks on top of that and stacks on top of it and stacks on top of it. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly how we get to places like we are today. Yeah. That's really interesting. It almost, it, it almost speaks to, in order for us to really understand somebody else's life experience, we must be led by something different than just our own life experience. What do you think are some motivators that lead somebody to, to step outside of their own understanding and seek to understand somebody else's life? What, what would truly motivate people to do that? 
Um, so it, it's really kind of interesting. I, I mentioned it earlier. Love, I think, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has to be a, a genuine curiosity. And it's interesting. I, I, you know, just as I was thinking it, I was thinking about the curiosity of a child. Yeah. Because they don't typically see any color. They don't see anything that way. And they are going to ask why a hundred and one times a day, you know, and and so just really having a, a genuine curiosity not to not to judge necessarily, not to to think anything else about it, but just really to to just just to try and hear, just to try and learn, being just that 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 ever curious child that that's going into a situation, eyes wide open, ears wide open, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to take in as much as they can. Yeah. That's interesting. So I'm, I'm curious what your life looked like kind of a thing. I'm curious what you felt and why you felt it and understanding it from that point of wanting to know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How, how was school? Mm-hmm. How were the classrooms? Yeah. You? How, how were the classrooms? How was the neighborhood? Mm. You know, just, so all of those, the, the, all of those types of things, you know, yeah. did you... You know, have you experienced the security guard following mm-hmm. through, following you through the store? Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, my, my wife and I actually even laugh about it now. We've been incredibly blessed. And, you know, we remember times shopping at even some higher end stores, mm-hmm. you know, where not only would you get the looks, but you couldn't, you know, find anyone hardly to help you. Wow. You know, and it was... Except the security guard. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly right. Except the security guard. Did you guard. turn around and ask him what inventory was there for the fall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, you know, but What's then, your freshest lines? Right. But then, you know, afterwards, it, it got a little bit different. You know, oh, Mrs. Hunt, you know, they would be, like, really right. excited to see her coming. You know, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's add a personal I history. Tell you <laughs> but, but that's it, yeah, yeah. At that point, you had too much help with all, people taking your the time they were sending stuff to the house for the trial. Yeah. that's really interesting i find that i find that it's a bit hard sometimes to go do you know do i talk about do i talk about their life from the angle of their race is it better or is it more um socially acceptable to just ignore the race, and I see this question asked a lot, is it, well, do I see no color or do I recognize uh, your color and embrace the differences? And, and so I see this tension in society over to be truly not racist is to see no color. To be, and then and I see this other tension that says, no, it's not really required. You can see color and you can embrace it and you, we could talk about it. We could talk about my experience in that color. Tell me, tell me about what that looks like. Yeah, I, I really feel that it is okay to rip the Band-Aid off of it and actually talk about it straight up, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and, and I say that because it's not that you are talking necessarily about color, but you really are saying that you want to you, you understand their situation, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 I, I want to understand your life. Yeah. I want to understand the challenges that you face. Yeah. So it isn't necessarily saying that, that it's about the color thing, mm. but it's about, I want to understand what it is that you deal with. You know, it was, 
you know, interesting because, you know, maybe, you know, there, there are many that don't worry about a, a stop by the police. But as a grown man, you know, my wife would often say, hey, be careful, especially when I used to work in uh, at a company that was in North Las Vegas. So you had to drive through kind of some neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And she would say, you're a black man in a Porsche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so at 50 some years old, you know, my wife is still cautioning me, yeah. you know, just saying, so look, I understand like the neighborhood that you have to go through. And typically in some of those neighborhoods, there are, you know, unsavory elements maybe at work. Sure. And so if you were there, just be, be careful. Mm. But yeah, I think it's really about talking to them about the situation mm -hmm. and, and really just saying it, look, I'm trying to understand you know, what you deal with. I, yeah. I'm trying to understand really what it is because frankly, I never had to. Yeah. Help that's me true. see. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Is that important for for black people to hear other races or especially white people say is I, I, I don't understand. I haven't been through what you've been through. Frankly, I in 56 years, I don't know that I've ever heard it. Mm. Mm. Jeez. So, so to add, I, I, but I do feel that it is probably paramount right now because, you know, th this has to be a, a pretty quick study, right? Because th th this has to be a <laughs> yeah. final exam passed, right? We filled it. We have a retake. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you know, you know, the match is very close to the powder keg yeah. at this point. So I, I think that it is absolutely imperative that we actually start to have what might be an uncomfortable or a difficult situation yeah. and some you know may not be open to it but yeah. that's just like any other time that you know there is maybe we face confrontation yeah hey i didn't mean anything by it yeah you know i'm honestly genuinely here you know trying to understand yeah and you know but yeah i, I just really think that that's the way for us i i think then perhaps donovan and i could say it um, we really don't understand. I don't, and <laughs> yeah. I want to. Yeah. And it actually makes me really uncomfortable that I don't understand and I don't know what to do. Mm. Like I really don't. And I think about it and I hear things and then I'm like, I don't even, I don't necessarily even know how to fix everything. And I want to, I think it's in my nature, like mm -hmm. as a personality type. <laughs> To want to have a solution, right, a right. remedy or wisdom, and then bring it as, as like a, as like an offering to society or to people and say, I can help. I love you and I can help. Right. Because I do know that. I do know that I love people and I strive to love people with everything I've got. Absolutely. But I, I, I want to understand. I want to grow in understanding. And, um, and I, I don't know any other way to do that but to just talk about it. And I think that's a great start, Sam, honestly. I just like, in my heart, I think that's a great start because once you've had a number of those conversations, you might start to see a common thread. You might yeah. start to see a thing. And then a, a solution will ultimately, mm -hmm. I think, begin uh, to uh, present itself. Yeah. You know, uh, even in the church and the beautiful thing. And one of the reasons that, you know, my my wife and I came, you know, to the mountain and, mm -hmm. and ICLV in general is that the, we look like the body. Yeah, it's international. You know, it, it's always, you know, said that, you know, Sunday morning is, you know, the most segregated time in the country. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but at the mountain, it looks like the body. It's one word for 
for all for the people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that starting to have that dialogue, starting to have those conversations mm-hmm. is legitimately the real first step. It took 400 and some odd years to get us to this point. We aren't going to fix <laughs> yeah. it in a week. No, yeah, 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 quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad it took us this long. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. I, um, every February, uh, there's a Black History Month mm-hmm. recognition. And uh, in our church community, it's a conversation each year, which is how are we going to celebrate a culture and a people that we deeply love? And the reason it becomes a conversation for me every year with a lot of different people is that um, there isn't a single a single way or agreed upon approach to celebrating Black History Month in church mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. and actually in just in culture at large. There's those who I've talked to, black people I've talked to, that are like, "Why are we doing this? It's a racist and it's very idea, you know." And then there's those who are like, "What are we doing to celebrate it? We need to. We need to recognize this." And as I talk to different people, I see so many different, and those are extremes, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's some who are in the middle, who are like, oh, I'm, I'm happy if you guys do cool. If you guys don't, then I'm not leaving the church or anything. But, and I find so many different perspectives on how to approach um, black people and their history and how we do it in church. Mm. And that's just in that slight vein. Mm-hmm. So when I go to partner with a, with a people group there that I love, sometimes I'm like, okay, I actually don't know exactly how to right now because it seems as if I do it this way, it's going to be challenging. And then if I don't do it this way, it'll also be challenging. So it, I'm, I'm left in this place of really for, for months before I'm praying, mm-hmm. I'm talking, I'm discussing, I'm seeking God for wisdom to partner well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's a really interesting challenge. And I, I wanted to ask you, like, how does somebody navigate the different perspectives found within black culture, Mm. because there's a lot of different perspectives. Not everybody in black culture thinks the same about everything. Um, How do you navigate that? How do you partner well with an entire race and then people at the same time, like individual people, you know? So I, I, again, very, uh, you know, it's a very big question. Yeah. And, and, and well, that's what we do here. We yeah, ask yeah, big yeah, questions. Yeah, big yeah, questions, you know, right. Yeah, we can't really yeah, quite yeah. fully answer. <laughs> um, you know, it's um, for many African-Americans, black folks in the country, church has been the only that was the only beacon of hope yeah so so that that was it yeah there was nothing you were working for less than you were worth you lived in a horrible place all many had was the hope that we found from the church so i think that in in honoring that time that it isn't, you know, I, I personally don't take any offense to it. Um, I understand that some may say that it's, you know, well, yeah, why are we doing this? It's, I think that the majority, you know, will actually embrace it and appreciate it. Um, you know, it's interesting to me that we do it 
you know, that, that it happens, you know, for a month out of the year. And then outside of that, you know, we don't think much, you know, necessarily about some of the contributions. But I understand that's just kind of the mold that we are in today. But for for many people, I don't think that they would really have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I would just say, I'm kind of like hearing my, my father's voice in my head, Jim, you aren't going to please everybody all the time. <laughs> You know, yeah. so again, if you know that you were doing that, I think we, we talked about it earlier from a genuine place in your heart. Yeah. If you can feel pretty good about the decision that yeah. you're making in the morning when you're brushing your teeth in the mirror, you're probably on, okay. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm taking the gym morning what, approach. Br- what, brushing your teeth in the morning? <laughs> yes, I'm going to start doing oh, yeah, that. that too. That's important. That's very important. Gingivitis is a problem, buddy. Oh, you know. my God. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's interesting you say that because... I hear the different um, ideas of, of of partnership proposed. This is this is what it looks like, or this is what it ought to look like. And the consistent one that I've really loved the whole time is understand and listen. And I, I hear that really consistently, and I pull it out and I, I go, okay, understand and listen. Okay, understand and listen. Is that is that something I can do? And then I begin to ask, you know, what's my motivation on doing it? Is it to appease? Well, I should probably change my motivation if it's just to, I'm, yeah. you know, if I did that with my wife, <laughs> I'd be in trouble. She yeah. would tell that I was doing understanding and listening just to like, check right, it off. I mean, make her good. Exactly. Yeah. Are you done now? Check uh, it off uh, the yeah. box. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that you're right when you said at the beginning, it's something in the heart. So what is my motivation to understand and listen? Is it from a place of authentically wanting to, and I, I think the listening part, it's not to just understand the facts of someone's history, where they came from, but it's to, I think, grow close and move close to that person in love and compassion, right? It's not just like, tell me your story so I can know it. You, you have to acknowledge it. Yeah, you, yeah I mean, that, that's really it. You have to acknowledge it. And, and, and people will absolutely take in they'll take interest in in your viewpoint but we also have to take interest in in others and that really is the only way that i feel that we can begin to you know start to 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 start to really understand some of that common some of that common ground because oftentimes the things that you know we are you know some things that we still have kind of deep in our core Mm -hmm. are some of those things that came from 1975 trying to ride a horse yeah, you know, and yeah. so so having some of those things, and it is kind of that therapy, right? Yeah. When you know, often in therapy, from I'm like hearing your dad talk now. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, kind of going back, and you start to uncover those things that are really kind of deep seated, yep. you know, that, that are really rooted, and you didn't even know was an issue. We, I had mm-hmm. a I had a friend of mine because I had been talking to him maybe three or four years ago about this when it happened, especially when the Eric Garner stuff. So maybe five years ago. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to understand, you know, I wanted to listen and have my heart change all this stuff. And the first thing he asked me, because he knows I like to make people laugh, he goes, uh, you ever laugh at a racist joke? Mm. And I went, yeah. Like, you know, caught me. Yeah, of course. Yes, I have. And he said, why? And I didn't know why. And he goes, what's bad is that you didn't laugh at the racist, is that you laughed it's not right. that you laughed Laugh at the racist at joke, you don't know why. but you don't know why you laughed at it. He goes, there is the issue. And I went, oh my gosh. So now I'm like constantly trying to search my heart on 
certain things. Okay, well, why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. Or why is this making me feel angry? Or why am I feeling happy? You know, all these things. I think it's important to ask why. Yeah. And oftentimes, though, Donovan, even some of those things could have come from your from an experience. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's and it's okay because just as a black person may have had an experience that you know caused their heart to move in a certain way, there may have also been that experience. And again, it goes right back to those things where you know, as individuals, we've got to take a real look inside. We've got to yeah. you know really kind of get down to the core yeah. and. And then we've got to start to uncover some of even those types of things. Yeah. So, yeah, spot yeah. on. It's pretty interesting to me that we have uh, an action, an act, an event that triggered a full ton, heap load, truckloads of actions. The murder of George Floyd has moved into protests and looting and our world, really, our society being turned upside down after it was already turned upside down by COVID mm -hmm. and it's like upside down. And then while we were turning the thing back over to come back to normal society and life, it got turned over again, but to another side. And it's such an interesting thing to see our society at a complete place of unrest. Mm -hmm. um, and I've asked myself a lot of questions like, well, would it have been better if it wasn't here? Like, if we could have gone back before and had that place. And I go, well, I don't think so because I don't think we were at rest there. It just wasn't as obvious. Mm. Our, our lack of peace was there. It was just almost underlying in the division of society. And it was just underneath the surface. Yeah. I think it, it really has just come to the surface now. It's all in front of us, you know? Yeah, and, and that was it. So I think that, you know, the killing of Arbery was like one of those other things yeah. that was there that really, I think, got that 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 ball rolling downhill, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, because he was killed in February, I believe it was. Yeah. It took however long it was for a videotape to surface and yeah. if this videotape doesn't surface or, or the the recording doesn't surface that's one of those things that goes unanswered right mm -hmm. so we we i think that we had those two issues in kind of rapid succession that actually also put us there mm -hmm. you know and and, and that, that that got us there a little bit quicker but um yeah it, it's it, it really is a a crazy place that we are at and again it's just it, it's been a long time coming yeah i think it's the video the george floyd one i've i've myself not quite seen such a long video of a man being treated like that and the voice of pleading also present I think it was the combination of those two things mm -hmm. that was really unique mm -hmm. because it, it, like these people were saying what I like as wanted to come out of my mouth as I was watching it like stop please like like do anything arrest him put him in the car we're not even quite just please stop that and and it was just like o over and over for the whole video mm -hmm. it was like this like someone was speaking narrating on the video mm -hmm. what I and I think everyone watched it felt was saying yeah and it was a unique emotional experience that I think unlocked the visual for what has been trying to be said, but hasn't quite been heard the way it, I believe, is now being heard. And so in a way, it's it's a blessing that we're able to see more clearly. Mm. Yeah. Not necessarily all the 
collateral that's come from this and some of the places of looting, which, I mean, I've talked to people and they're like, protesters and looters are different. Absolutely. Don't put them in the same boat. Absolutely. I'm like, okay, I understand. And so, so there's some things that are going on right now that are not and should not be diminishing the voice and the message of peaceful protesting, pointing to, some, uh, to an injustice. So police, violence towards policemen, looting, those things, those should not detract from what is a good and, and a good thing to hear and a good message to allow us to move us as a society. Absolutely, yeah. The, the, the protesters are a good and noble cause, cause you know. I mean, yeah. it is, and it's necessary. You yeah. know, it was, you know, uh, I don't know if it was, you know, the president or something, Obama, that was... Um, speaking that, you know, the, uh, our country mm-hmm. is, is founded on protest. Yeah. You know, everything about what yeah. we did yeah, is said, founded on protest. Yes. England? Yeah. Right. No, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> right? So nah, yeah. I'm good. So, yeah, we, we have to have it. And, and I think that, you know, if it not be for social media, you know, we right. are having you know, the, the conversation, you know, so mm-hmm. if we aren't in a place, you know, in a time such as this, we are not having the, this actual conversation Yeah. because the word spread just so quickly. Yeah. You know, so quickly. So quickly. So, yeah. And it's led to this place of going, okay, well, all of these things have happened now. And I want to ask you this question because I think it's important for people to find wisdom on it because some are like, some would say, okay, black lives matter. And then some would immediately interject and go, all lives, all matter. lives matter. And I'll, I'll tell you what I think about it. And I want to hear what you think about it. I, I struggle with this, what has now become, I think a political thing of like, it's just a debate. Well, I really think like both should be significant statements said in the right timing and not in a combative way. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't know why they need to combat with one another, except that the people that are using it are using it as a combat. Because when I tell Presley, I love you, Presley, you matter, mm-hmm. I don't have to interject immediately or have someone else interject, well, don't you love all your kids? It, and that's the part of it that yeah. I think is really interesting to me. Is like, well, yes, I do, of course. But I'm making a point of speaking to my child right now that I sincerely love and that needs to hear from me. And it doesn't take away from what I believe is statements of truth about everyone, because mm-hmm. I don't think anyone really wants to argue that all lives don't matter. Mm-hmm. I think the, and I, and I, when I see these things, I see this like desire for people to say, well, why don't you speak to everything? What does it look like to speak to everything? Do we really need to just speak to black lives? How does somebody and or how should we approach this place of a lot going on, what to say, how to say it, and when to say it? Well, you know, black lives fall under that umbrella of all lives yeah. mattering, right? Yeah. So both are absolutely important. Yeah. Um, but the, the black lives matter, for me, again, is an acknowledgement, right? And, and a real owning of the fact that, hey, I get that things have not been on an equal playing field in this country mm. ever. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not that either one in my mind is wrong, mm-hmm. but it's I think it's an acknowledgement, yeah, and understanding that oftentimes some of the behavior or whatever it is is a result of just 
the the things that we have actually had, you know, that, that we've had to endure for as long as we've been here. So it it really isn't. I don't have a problem with it. And I, again, I think both are, are are important and and not a problem with saying, well, let me again understand the struggle because yeah. frankly, I have no clue. Right. You know, until you you know climbed a rock, <laughs> your first mountain, you had yeah. no idea really what the struggle was. Yeah. Until you tried to, you know, walk yeah. a mile in that, in that shoe. So mm-hmm. understanding it is just that it's acknowledging it, so you can try and and just, you know, find that wisdom, you know, and to to make a to make a change. Why why is it hard for our society to say Black Lives Matter exclusively? Why is that hard for our society? I just honestly think that as much as maybe as a country, we don't want to admit it. And and I don't think it's everyone, but there are just a lot of folks that don't believe it. Yeah. Flat out. They just, they, they don't believe it, Mm. you know? And, and I mean, unfortunately, you know, there, people are going to hate, you know, of, all colors mm-hmm. you know that there's going to be that 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 bit of hate they don't necessarily believe that they you know take maybe certain things out of context and that becomes you know that you know that drum that mm-hmm. you know that that drum beat that they follow mm-hmm. um, but I just think that it's just it, it's so much has been ingrained so much of what we see um you know i think that much of our media you know we we is really horrible for us we get stuck in that feedback loop right we hear that that one thing and then they're gonna beat us over the head with this one point about you know even drew Brees' story you know the the last day or so you know they're beating mm-hmm. us over the head and every hour it's we're hearing it three times mm-hmm. and it's just this d- d- divisiveness yeah and so that that's why it's you know why it's hard because there are there are challenges and then maybe it's well i don't want my peers to think that you know that I care more about this than my own. It sometimes it isn't us versus them. It's crazy. I mean, I don't have a great answer as to why, you know, it, it's so hard to say. It is. It is interesting that when I go to say Black Lives Matter, it feels as though what how it's received is is like I'm saying police officers' lives don't matter, and I don't know how that happened or why some people experience it that way. Or if I say police lives matter, that it's experience that I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to say black lives matter. I don't know when it became a choose who matters thing and tension. And I'm not saying this is how everyone feels, but it, it seems as though there's a, there's a thing there where it's like, don't say black lives matter. Why don't you say police lives matter or blue lives matter? And, and I go, oh man, I, I, don't know, I don't know why there's such a contentiousness over me saying this and then me saying this, mm. if both are true. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I gotcha. And, you know, again, there are, you know, men and women of, you know, every color, yeah. you know, that, that serve. And, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, you know, many are heroes. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel that, though, it is more than just talking or, or saying that police lives matter. Mm-hmm. That This is more about justice in general 
Mm. Right. So it, it, it's more about, I think, justice. Oftentimes it starts with the mm. police. Mm. Right. But it has more also to do with justice. It was interesting. I happened to see a post of someone holding up, um, you know, a picture of like a number of lives that were lost. And it was like Philando Castile and Crutcher and Bland and Garner and Brown and Boyd in this long list of folks. And like next to it. Mm. No conviction, no conviction, no conviction, no conviction, no conviction. Mm. So it isn't about police lives. This whole thing is about justice, justice and the inequality of justice. Often again, it starts with the police, mm. but it definitely does not end there. Mm. That's really interesting. So the, the tension over it is one of saying, we're not just saying the factual statement of Black Lives Matter, we're saying, that there is an inequality of justice as it relates to black lives. Absolutely. One of the things that I had makes so much more sense. Had black folks up in arms. Mm -hmm. So black folks get arrested literally all the time. Mm -hmm. But yet the three officers that ultimately were arrested or brought in, mm -hmm. you know, right? They got to stay at home for that next three or four days or whatever. They didn't get taken down, even mm. with probable cause, and get mm. held. Mm. That doesn't typically happen in the black community. Right. Right? We're going down that night. Mm. Mm -hmm. Is it the st what gives? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Like real questions, <laughs> real, real yeah. observational. Yeah. There's something off, there's something missing, there's something lacking. And then you have to also remember that the people in the community are seeing that because it's their sons and their nephews yeah. and their next door neighbor and the kid that they knew, grow, you know, that, that they watched grow up. Mm. So they're seeing it. It's hitting home in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And they go down and they sit there because they can't make bail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do, how do we find, or how do we go about finding wisdom and the right change in response to these injustices? You know, we, I think that, you know, much of what we talked about was really understanding where it came from. But again, I believe that Jesus is honestly the only way. Yeah. You know, we've honest, we, we, we've got to really take this to prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, we, we also have to believe, though, faith without works is dead. You know, so we, we know that, you know, we are going to have to take action. It's okay that we don't have a plan today. Yeah. You know, that's okay. Yeah. But as long as we know that, you know, it, that peak of that mountain that we are climbing that we are saying mm -hmm. hey this is something that we are going to keep forefront because it is absolutely important you know just is for, for all of god's people yeah to to be you know to 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 be looked at and respected and treated equally yeah. and and be able to you know see love you know as long as we stay prayerful continue to have open dialogue that's good not being afraid to ask a hard question yeah. or hearing a difficult answer yeah mm. yeah mm. that's really great i love this jim uh, thank you so much thanks man for being it was here, my buddy. pleasure man thank this you guys so much um we want to know what you guys are feeling too we want to hear your feedback please don't hesitate to email us um get a hold of us mountainchurch.com we want to hear from you guys uh 
We'll continue to talk. We'll continue to have conversations, discussions more like this that uh, that do something in the church community yeah. and the community at large. So once again, Jim, thanks for being here. My absolute pleasure. Sam, yeah. as always, love you, buddy. Thanks love for being you, man. here. Uh, and those of you listening, we love you. We can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Suffer and who catch all the pills?